Mind your business, I wanted to say, but I put on a polite smile instead. I was off, I knew it. I was not in a mood for conversation. Looking away, I started digging through my purse and then pulled out my cell phone. I dialed my voicemail for the umpteenth time that morning and listened to Roman's message again. I felt the same wave of fear, worry, and nausea that had overtaken me the first time I'd heard it. Ma, I need you to come out here on Saturday. It was a normal request, a casual demand. But Roman's college was in San Diego, and I lived on the East Coast in Baltimore. He'd stopped returning my calls during the fall semester and was supposed to be coming home for summer break in a matter of weeks. Why the urgent need for me to come out now? Why no explanation? And why had he been avoiding me? 1,067 days. 152 weeks. Three years. When I couldn't figure out anything else... I could calculate my sorrow. Leon's absence from my life was measurable. He hadn't called. I hadn't called him. A flight to Houston began boarding at the next gate. My mind jumped into daydream mode as I imagined flying there instead of to San Diego. But my stomach twisted in knots. What if Leon wasn't even in Houston anymore? What if he was back in Baltimore? The thought terrified me. What would it mean? What was already meant? The flight to San Diego was due to start boarding in half an hour. Maybe I had time to grab a soda to settle my stomach, settle my nerves. But I was flying solo, and I didn't feel like lugging my bag around or risk losing my seat by the gate window. I needed the window to see what was going on around me. I needed to know what was going on. I listened to Roman's message on my voicemail one last time before shutting my phone off completely and squeezing my eyes shut. Everything is okay, I assured myself fully aware of the reason behind my fears. I'd initially dropped out of college my freshman year to follow my first love, Richard, around the world. My son, Roman, was finishing up his own freshman year with eager plans to study abroad in the fall, so I didn't have to hold on to the worry that he was about to drop out like I had, and he'd given up the idea of searching for his father a few years ago. Satisfied with the family connection he'd made with his half-brother in California. They were roommates at the same university. I squeezed my eyes even tighter, as if that would shut out the searing pain that burned at the thought of Croy and the other three siblings who were evidence of Richard's double life. I didn't know you were still married, I didn't know he had given you a son. I am so sorry. Richard lied to all of us. The children's mother, Mbali, 
had blinked at me with beautiful, innocent eyes. Yes, Richard had built a legacy of lies. He'd lied about his friend Kisu's death and the actions he'd taken to purportedly avenge it. He'd lied about his travels throughout the world over the course of Roman's life. He'd lied and told me he loved me. I never imagined that I'd ever hate someone, but there was no denying the feeling that came to me at the thought, the memories, the lies, the deception. Hate. As much as I wanted to push it away, as much as I wanted to cling to the love that's supposed to characterize a child of God, I knew that hate was the only thing pumping out of my heart, flowing through my veins, energizing my muscles, infiltrating my mind.